Today's a day that in halacha is called Yom Tevoyach. Tevoyach? Tavoach, which is Tes Vez Vav Ches, Yom Tevoyach, the day of the slaughtering. Um, yeah, we'll actually get into the specific of the word Tevoyach in a second. There's a, um, one of the two most famous groups of people that have debated each other in Jewish, um, in Jewish uh, topics has been Beishamah and Beisilo. Right? Beishamah, the yeshiva, Beishamah and yeshiva, Beisilo would always argue. And but, even though they would always argue, Beisilo, the halach is always like Beisilo. To the extent that it says, Beishamah, Beimokim, Beisilo, ain't a Mishnah. At the time also, or just after? At the time, at the time. They would outnumber. Wow. Yeah. And there's a whole story how there was one time where they locked the base medrash and there were more people from the school of Shammai. They, were, they, were, they outnumbered Hillel's school and they started passing a bunch of laws because they were, Hillel was outnumbered. So there was about, I don't know the number, there was like 17, there was a bunch of halachis that the halacha became like Beishamai and it was a very interesting uh, um, story. But there's an interesting source um, from different sources, some Kabbalah, some I think in Medrash Shmuel, where it says that when Mashiach comes, the halacha is going to be like Beishamai. It's going to be rediscussed, and so to speak, more sages will take on the opinion of Beishamai. When Mashiach comes, Allah will be like Beishamai. They don't really argue, ever. Beishamai is always Kuldik, and Beishamai is Mahmoud. Which means if you're Mahmoud, you hold everything of Beishamai, but you add more. So we're allowed to do what you do, Beishamai, but we decide not to be Mahmoud. Excuse me. So it's a very interesting discussion to get into the bottom of the Beishamai, Beishamai, Conflict, and it's uh, um, there's so much to discuss about it, and but uh, I'm going to pick one thing because of the reason why I brought it up because it's relevant to today. There's a big machloikas um, between Beishamai and Basilo regarding the carbonis that are brought on Shavuos. On Shavuos. Um, we, every Jew that came to the base of Migdash had to bring a oilas re'ir, had to bring a carbon which wouldn't be eaten, it would be burnt on the mizbeach, carbon oila, um, as part of their pilgrimage, as part of coming to the base of Migdash. Now, there's a debate between Beishamah and Beishilal whether this carbon was allowed to be brought on Yom Tif. Okay? Beishilal held... Kula, right? It was allowed to be brought on Yom Tov. Beshameh held it was not. I think it was based on the Machlaikas of because on Yom Tov we know there are two things that are allowed. You're allowed to carry and you're allowed to do um, different malachas which are associated with food. Besides for making the fire. Um, and Beshameh um, Mesela argued whether we, the term is that if something was, uh, was allowed for need because certain things are allowed on Yom Tiv for the necessity of preparing food um, out of Simchas Yom Tiv, to have the joy of Yom Tiv, or carrying something which is not necessary, are you still allowed to do it once we allow it? Once we allow you to do certain things for the purpose of the joy of Yom Tiv, then does everything in that area become allowed? Basila holds yes, everything in that area becomes allowed. Bishami says no. 
And therefore, the oil asriya, being that it's um, being that it's not something that's eaten, so Bishamahel, you weren't allowed to bring it on Yamtiv. You had to wait till after Yamtiv. Bishamahel, you were allowed to bring it on Yamtiv. Okay. But the, bo- the, po- the bottom line is that, very interestingly, Basilel behaved like Beishamai. Very rare. Basilel would not bring the carbon on Yamtiv. Even though he held you were allowed to. Basilel, not all the time, not all the time did he follow Beishamai in this topic. Basilel followed Beishamai's behavior and did not bring the carbon on Yamtiv. He waited till after Yamtiv. Now, what's unique about these days after following Shavuos is because Sukkot and Pesach. Both have Yamtiv, then Chalamayid, then Yamtiv, right? Shavuos is two days, and there's no Chalamayid, and there's no following Yamtiv. So on the other Yamam Tavim, people that needed to bring their carbon out of the whole Chalamayid to bring their carbon, right? In the base of Migdash. They would line up, you know, they wouldn't bring their carbon. But Shavuos, you don't have that. There's no Chalamayid. The days that following Shavuos were called Yemei Tashlumin, special days. And these days were days that people would make, would bring their carbon that came up to, for pilgrimage, that came up to the Beis HaMikdash. But the day after Shavuos became halachically a special day. Because it was a day that was designated to bringing the Karban, because according to Beis and Basil behaved like Beis not to bring the Karban on Yom Tiv, they would wait till after Yom Tiv. So the day following Shavuos became halachically a day where you're not allowed to fast, you're not allowed to do certain things, it was still considered a continuation of the Yom Tiv. And it got this name of, so the idea of Isra Chag of every, every other Yom Tov really comes from Isra Chag of Shavuot. And... Uh, so we're not supposed to work at it. Oh, what, what about the chief question? Why did he agree? Like oh, oh, okay, okay. Very good, very good, very good. So, why did basically, so the, obviously like David just brought up, we're going to discuss now. It's unique and it's special that on this, in this topic, following Shavuot, Basilo followed Beshamai's behavior. And there's many, you have one perspective. I well, you're your genius, perspective. What he's, doing. <laughs> he's saying, I'm going to agree with you when it comes to a person and giving an offering to God. It's not between Malam Lechavero, it's not between okay. things that happen on a daily basis. When it comes to a karban, Hashem, I'll give it to you. Because at the end of the day, a karban is all about recognition, about bringing Hashem into your life. So if you want to be machmer, okay, I agree with you. It's good business for him to agree with him on this one. So one of the. If they're always arguing, you gotta, it's got to be a give and get. They respect each other. Good. It's a good, it's a good interesting, interesting thought. So Basil and Beishamai, um, so let's go, uh, getting a little deeper yeah. into it, the reason why the halacha today is like Basil and not like Beishamai, so many explain, because the diff- they have very different perspectives, which goes back to the famous story of the convert. Everyone knows the famous story of the convert, the person that came to Beishamai, to Shammai himself, and said, Shammai, can you tell me the whole Torah on one foot? Right? The person that wanted to convert. And Shammai chased him out with the beam, with the measuring stick, it says. And um, he came to Hillel and asked Hillel the same question. Can you tell me the whole Torah on one foot? And Hillel, very, very um, peacefully, told him that the famous thing, that what you don't like to be done to you, don't do to others. And the rest of the Torah is interpretation and commentary on that. So the difference in their conduct is very, meaning Shammai didn't know that you can sum up the Torah in that one thing. Shammai was a genius like Hillel was. Right? What, if, if, and if you, you shouldn't have, why did Hillel do it? So the basic difference was, it says about Shammai that he was he was more sharp than Hillel. Shammai was known to come from the, um, the, the, 
sphere of gvura, of severity, of strictness, of more calculated, being measured. That's where his soul came from. Hillel, soul came from chesed. And you see it in their words. Shammai comes to the word sham, which means to evaluate. To everything's calculated, everything's measured. Hillel, his name comes from the word bahalu, to shine. Bahalu neiray, to shine. And um, Hillel was a chabatska, and the other guy was a litvak. And Shammai. Okay, um, so there were two different, two different perspectives on life, two different perspectives, perspectives in Judaism. And people don't understand this all the time, but um, the arguments that existed between the great Hanoic and Amoraic sages um, really were a result of where their soul came from. Everyone's soul comes from a certain place, and that's, the way that's their mission in life. The way they come into the world to perform and serve God is based on where their soul comes from. Shammai and Hillel, their soul came from different places, and that's the difference of opinion. Now, because Hillel comes from more of a kind, more of a welcoming place, that is why now the halacha is like Hillel. Because in Golos, when we're not in the times of Mashiach, it's hard to handle, so to speak, the, um, the lifestyle and the perspective of Shammai. Being very, um, being very measured and calculated. And therefore, we follow the opinion of Hillel. When Mashiach comes, when the world will be elevated, and everyone will, will be involved in discovering the knowledge of God, the world will be filled. The world will be full of the, full of the knowledge of God. The world will then be able to handle the perspective and the opinion of Shammai. And I don't want to get too deep into it, but really Shammai comes from a higher spiritual place than Hillel. Um, and that, but that high spiritual place, the world can handle right now. When Mashiach comes, the world will be able to handle it. The idea of being strict really is much greater than being kind. But uh, it's for a separate time. It's more Kabbalistic. So that's why he followed Shammai, even though... Oh, so, so generally, he didn't follow Shammai. So what's unique about here, where he followed Shammai? So let's, I want to approach it with another interesting Gemara, which uses the same word, Tavuach. There's, a, there's another Gemara that um, talks about um, uh, letting out blood, hakazastan. There's a whole concept that existed in the olden days, bloodletting, um, blood where they would let out blood as a way of healing, as a way, as a, as a healing. Um, started off. With the bloodletting? As bloodletting uh, destinations. Interesting. That's why you have the, the thing, that's blue, like a, the red. The red is from, the blue and red is from that? Yeah, they're interesting. Right, that's, that means bloodletting. Anyway, go ahead. So, um, so this bloodletting. Tip means to ensure confidence. We use the tip before. The, the tip before? I do that. Really? Yeah, always. I give the guy a tip because I don't want to tip him after the fact. I want him to focus on. What if he does a bad job? <laughs> Anyways, that's okay. Our... I say this is the start. <laughs> so there. So. There's an interesting discussion in the Gemara Shabbos about bloodletting. Different, it discusses there are different times it's okay to do it, different times it's not okay. One of the times that it says that, that it's not okay to do it is Erev Yom Tif. It says it's not healthy. And it says there specifically Erev Shavuos. Why? Erev Shavuos, it's a danger it says to do it. Why is it a danger to do it? Because there's this evil force called Tavuach. Um, a Zika, it says, it's called Tavuach. And this evil force is out before Shavuos. And if, you were to, and if you were to let out blood then, this evil force may take control of the person and chas v'shalem, um, kill the person. So, um, and it's a very, very interesting um, uh, uh, Gemara there. The Gemara there says that this tevuach, this evil force, 
if the Jewish people would not have accepted the Torah, this evil force would have eliminated the Jewish people. This evil force called Tevuach. Now, the Marsha asks a very interesting question. He asks, why is it called Tavuach in Hebrew? If Tavuach means it is slaughtered, not slaughtering. The word for slaughtering would be Toiveach, to go and slaughter something. Tavuach means it is already slaughtered. If the whole idea of this evil force is that it's going out to slaughter someone, to, to harm someone, it should be called Toiveach, that it's going to slaughter someone, going to damage and harm someone else. Tavuach means that it is slaughtered. Already. Yeah. So the Masha answers this, um, and the Masha explains because this force really is the Yitzhahara, the Satan, the Malachamavas, who are Yitzhahara, Satan, the Malachamavas, he says. And this evil force is out to, um, to slaughter the, the Jew. But this is if they would not receive the Torah. Now that the Jews receive the Torah, it becomes slaughtered. The Torah has the power to slaughter it. So it becomes slaughtered. So yes, this force is out there to slaughter, to harm someone, which is why bloodletting is not allowed Arab Shavuos. But when the Jews received the Torah, that force became slaughtered. It was eliminated as a result of us receiving the Torah. Now, based on this, we can actually play on the word, Yom Tavuach, that we call today, the day after Shavuos, the day of, of being slaughtered, right? That it's called the day of slaughtering because they would bring the sacrifices that they couldn't bring on Yom Tiv. But on going, connecting it to this Gemara, um, it has the same word, Tavuach, we can understand it in the same way. That this day has a, has a unique aspect to it because it's the day following the receiving of the Torah. That before the Torah was given, there's this possibility of evil forces taking control of a Jew and taking control of a person and really getting into him and unfortunately causing spiritual harm. But as a result of the Torah, these are the tools that Hashem gave us to help eliminate these evil forces. It says in the Gemara, right, Barasi Yitzhahara, Barasi Le Tavlin. That Hashem says, I created the evil force, the negative forces in the world, and I gave Torah as the remedy, as the cure, to be able to help a person um, from these evil forces. Mm-hmm. The Torah helps us eliminate the evil forces, those things which are out to get us. Those negative forces that are out to spiritually harm us. Therefore, the day following Shavuos becomes a Yom Tavuach. It becomes the day where on, uh, becomes the day where these evil forces are eliminated. They're already eliminated as a result of receiving of the Torah, which helps us understand Beshama's opinion actually, because on Shavuos there's no need to even deal with these evil forces, because they, they don't exist because the Torah is <coughs> the Torah is what we're celebrating. They only exist if we don't accept the Torah. Being that we receive the Torah, these evil forces don't even exist on Shavuos. Um, and that's why Bishamah held the Kabbanis weren't supposed to be brought on Shavuos, these Kabbanis. Because there's no idea of slaughtering, there's no need to slaughter. The, the evil forces don't even exist. But the day following Shavuos, we have to go back and deal with the evil forces. Oh, yeah, yeah. But as a result of receiving the Torah, we have the tools and the ability to eliminate the, 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 these evil forces in a way that they don't even exist. So it's an interesting it take. What? It wasn't a great one. Yeah, there's no, the, so let, let's go into the Mashiach part of it. 
the fact that when Mashiach comes, Allah will be like Bishamah, and the fact that specifically here, Pesillah followed Bishamah's behavior. He only followed the Meshfus, not by Pesillah. Uh, Other places also. Oh, but uh, yeah, I think by, by uh, I'm not sure. Possible by Sukkot and, Shavu- and Pesach also. So, um, so the, what's what's unique? What's special about about this Bishama and Basilo thing? So, this is really the idea of the, the evil forces being eliminated. Is the whole idea of Mashiach? Mashiach comes. We won't have the Yitzhar will be eradicated. Tumah will be eradicated. Ruach Av Yom the Arts is going to be eradicated. So the so the whole idea of evil being eliminated is Mashiach. So Beshamai obviously, which holds that on Shavuos there's no element of evil as a result of Torah, right? Is that is the Mashiach lifestyle where there was no element of evil? It's it, it's eliminated. It doesn't exist. Pesilel followed Beshamai's conduct. Um, in, with regards to Shavuos. Why? Because when the Torah was given, every part of Torah was given. It says that, that there's nothing, nothing new, even what uh, the Chidushim, that, that someone may come up with many years later, even today, exists somewhere in Torah. Well, because there's nothing new that a person... Um, so even there's a, the Torah Chadasha, so to speak, that's gonna, we're going to receive on Mashiach, um, the new revelations of Mashiach, also exist in the Torah that Hashem gave Moshe, that Hashem, that Hashem gave us a Matan Torah. And there's even sources that really the Jewish people, when they received the Torah, they saw the deeper parts of Torah. They didn't even receive the Nigla, the, the revealed parts, because they saw they, they saw the Merkava. The, there was many revelations that the Jewish people saw then. And what was passed down, what we have now, is really the open, revealed part. And when Mashiach comes, we'll get the, the secret, the inner part of Torah. Um, but because of that, Shavuos is the time where we get a taste. We get a taste of the life when Mashiach comes. Of this life of the, the the evil forces being eliminated and not existing, um, and so it's this this can explain why Basilo um, agreed with Beishamai and agreed or followed his behavior um, it, with regards to Shavuos, with regards to this carbon being brought, because the evil forces um, see being eliminated and eradicated, and not existing, is a taste of Mashiach. Now this is all a whole discussion. Well, let's make it a little, a little practical. And uh, I honestly didn't have much prepared. I just... Uh, um, we could tell. So this... <laughs> um, but let's make it a little practical. It's very... Why is Torah the tool which allows us to get rid of the, the evil forces? If you think about it, there is really one tool that God gave us which helps us with everything in life. And this is what everyone says, especially today, therapists, psychiatrists, psychologists, they all say the same thing. If you're healthy in your head, if you're mentally stable and everything's, you're, he- you're mentally healthy, life is good. You could go through anything. You could handle anything. You could go through anything. And a happy person is someone who's happy in their head, no matter what they have, no matter what's going on in life. And you have people that have everything and are not, are not so happy, are not mentally stable. You people don't have nothing and are the happiest people. Because industry today, mental wellness... Yeah, and the beautiful gift that we as Jews have is the Torah. The Torah is the um, the, the tool that is supposed to work on our brain. The Torah is that tool which is supposed to pl- um, really train um, our brain 
put God's way of thinking in our brain. Uh, train our brain to think like Torah, to think like God, to think in a godly way. Torah is God's wisdom. When we study Torah, we're taking God's wisdom and putting it in our physical human brain. Not every part of Torah can we relate it as a godly thing. More Kabbalah, Chassidus, you feel it more than in learning a piece of Gemara. But Gemara, every piece of Gemara is God's wisdom. And when we learn it and put it in our head, we're taking God's wisdom and, and infusing our human brain with it and causing our brain to think more and more from a, in a godly way and in a, um, in, in a positive way. And this tool is so powerful that if we really would properly train our brain to think like Tyra, we would be able to make decisions in life based on Tyra. We would be able to, um, to, to look at things from a, from a Tyra perspective and we wouldn't be fooled or distracted or um, blinded by the world around us. All it takes is our brain. And this is the beauty of Tyra. The Tyra isn't a, a hand tool, a foot tool, it's a brain tool, right? Because this is the way God created us, that our brain is what really controls everything in our life and our body. So this is why Tyra is the cure to everything evil in the world. And so as a result of Shavuos, I think it's so important for everyone to think about their times they have of studying Tyra. And if I may say so, especially the inner parts of Torah, <laughs> which is what, what was revealed to us through the Baal Shem Tev, starting from the Arizal and in Chassidus, because this is, we were, the reason why we were given this is because our generation needs this. Back then, they were able to just use the same Gemara, the simple Gemara and see straight through the Gemara and be able to train the brains to think like liturgies. Our generation, we need a bit more than that. Um, and you need the Sadaitis. So therefore, we need, we need, we need the, the, these deeper parts of Torah to really teach us how to, um, to, to think in, in a Jewish way, to think in a godly way, and to really train ourselves to have good perspectives on everything in life. So I want to encourage... So I want to encourage everyone, I want to encourage everyone to... Um, every time Shavuos would come around, the Rebbe would always speak about this, that to encourage everyone, two things. If you're able to add time in your day to study Torah, that's, that's number one. Even if you can't, you physically can't, to strengthen those times you have already. To be more focused, to put more energy into it, to learn a little deeper, those fixed times you have already. And the times that you don't, add more time to studying Torah, um, those who are physically capable of it. And it's so important because this is really how we train ourselves to think properly in life and to be mentally stable. Beautiful. So I want to wish everyone to use this tool that Hashem gave us. Acknowledge that we have this and appreciate it and use it. Yes, David. But Api Kabbalah... Doesn't Torah actually provide a physical type of uh, uh, security? Doesn't Torah, learning Torah, provide something that is physical that can protect us? Forget about the mental health. It also does affect things around us. Isn't that one of the deeper things? Yes, yes. The Torah has... Provides like a nanahe covenant. Yeah, Torah actually protects us. Yes. So So on a deeper level, it it could come down well beyond just keeping the brain healthy, but it, it can... And that's why. You, that, the problem is, you're, we, sometimes, you have to focus on one point at a time to let each point sink in. So you're jumping right no, away from we, the mental part of it. We, and we jumping have right into the right now in our era. It's called the era 
of perspective. Most people don't have it. If people had perspective and they realized that living in 2021, we have things, freedoms that Jews historically never had. If we understood all the things, not just